0: And welcome to the Cosmic Chats podcast with me, your host, Debbie Sugarbaker. On this show, I share conversations with individuals whose work, knowledge, wisdom, and insight have helped me open my mind and perspective, alchemize perceived negative situations, live in a healthier body, and see the world in a deeper, more wondrous way on a daily basis. My aim is that you, the listener, are able to receive all of that, and tap into your own heart and energy to create possibilities and elevate your experience of this reality we call life. Please enjoy this episode.
1: I'm so excited today that I get to interview Chef Camillo Sabella. Welcome, Camillo.
2: Hi, how are you? I'm I'm good. How
1: are you? Good. It's so nice to hear your voice. It's
2: so nice to hear your voice.
1: It's been a long time really been a long time i'm so excited because a lot of people want to hear and get inspired about food and loving food and positive energy and food so i'm so excited that we could do this collaboration today again
2: thank you for having me i'm really excited about it because i so enjoyed working with you you and i worked together for quite a long time uh doing lots of events and you know, it was always at the end. We were like, it's going to work out. It's going to be amazing. I know we always put so much love into the food. And we always like thought of every little thing, whether how the plates were going to look on the table, whether there was going to be too many people, you know, uh, just trying to uh, make everything perfect. each
1: individual, I mean, you made the food, food beautiful also, but I remember like all those last minute details to make sure the plates looked like, They looked the art. That was my OCD. (laughs) I love it. it What do you have in (laughs) Virgo? What is your sign? By the way, I'm just curious. I'm a Sagittarius. Oh, I remember that. I'm December first,
2: and I I just remember like you coming in and like like the kitchen help and the volunteers were like trying to do every platter the exact way, so all the platters for each table look beautiful. And this way, everything on the table was set up the way it was supposed to set up. It was, it was an amazing experience.
1: It was really fun. It was really fun. And everybody knows how we met. And just to do a reintroduction, I'm Debbie Sugarbaker, and you can follow me at Debbie Sugarbaker. I interview individuals, thought leaders, spiritual leaders, different people who I'm really connected with, different souls who are here, I believe, to like elevate things, whatever they do, you know, like Camilo is. In, for, in, in my mind, you're an artist. You are a Big, someone who's really channeling and bringing beauty into this world. And I I believe that you do it with a lot of consciousness and with a lot of love. So that's why I'm so excited.
2: Thank you so much, Adam. That's like, that's such an amazing thing to say because I feel like, you know, with lots of chefs, we're always stuck in the kitchen. We're always working under stressful situations. Mm-hmm. But I usually tune all that out and say, like, how would I cook for my family? How would, I, how would I feed from, how would I feed these 800 people or these 1,000 people or these 300 people? How would I want to feed them and actually give them? Because I feel like food is energy and food is love. So how would I actually want to put positive energy into food? Because if you're unhappy while you're cooking, I don't care what ingredients you use. I don't think it's going to come out the most tastiest, the most delicious dish that you made. But if you put positive energy, if you put love into the food and you're actually breaking bread with all the people that you're cooking for, I believe that's like the most energy I ever could get anywhere.
0: It's so
1: true. Like food is so sensitive and we know like you are, people say you are what you eat. So we know obviously making, Good choices in food is important, but the energy that one has while preparing it is perhaps equally and the one consuming it. I had a conversation with um, Robin uh, from At Power Food
2: Education. I love her. She's one of my closest friends.
1: I love her too. So we had this fantastic interview and we were talking about how it's the consciousness of the person making the food, which is what we're talking about, but also while you eat it. Like, how are you consuming? Are you consuming kind of like mindlessly to try to sell my stomach or, you know, what's my to food? So I think it goes both ways. You know, you obviously are the one preparing and you're preparing it with love as if you are feeding your own family. But it's, it goes both ways. It's just food is like this powerful uh, conduit of energy. So,
2: yeah. And I feel like also like people realize food is such a big part of our lives. Like mm-hmm. everything revolves around the kitchen. I know my family growing up, like everything revolved around the kitchen. Like, you know, we had a large kitchen and my mother would bake everything from scratch. She had no kitchen equipment. You know, she didn't have a kitchen aid. She didn't have a mixer. She didn't have a blender. You know, everything was made with a wooden spoon, a wooden paddle, a whisk. Everything was deep fried <laughs> and coated in sugar, which was good. In other ways, food could be loved, but food also could be if you consume so much of it, it it's like there has to be a balance with
1: it definitely has to be a balance for sure so i wanted to just quickly go in because some people may have may have heard of you or since i mentioned that you were on one of my favorite shows which is chopped i've literally seen a lot of what i've heard you were going on i was so excited because me and my dom harry he loves it too <laughs> 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 it's one of our favorite shows as is like You know, I also love like Bobby Flay, like all those Food Network shows. So I'm so excited when I saw you on there. But what is your story then? I mean, how did you what made you decide to become a chef? And how did you get more involved in, you know, being out there?
2: Well, I was always cooking since I was like 12 years old. My uncle owned um, a bagel shop, three restaurants and a comedy club in Brooklyn. I was always in food and I always grew up in the kitchen with my mom, whether it be rolling meatballs and frying them as she would fry them and put them on the paper bag to drain, I would eat them. So hence, making up like 30, 40 meatballs, there was only like 10 left after I was done with them. So you know, everything revolved around the kitchen. So I always had a love for food. And then I wanted to go into a uh, cookie and really, you know, take my passion to the next level and follow an education in culinary arts which I'm classically trained. I went to New York restaurant school in New York. Now it's part of the ICE Academy. But after that, I decided to go overseas to Italy and study in different parts of Italy. Like I studied in Venice and Milan, Rome, Capri. And I learned how to make a proper risotto, proper tiramisu. So all this is like well, so yeah, that. Yeah, that Hence, I
1: was like 300 pounds,
2: you know, oh, but i you had
1: a, a whole journey as well.
2: Well, I did have a whole journey and I don't want to be, as they said, you know, a downer, but my family suffered from really bad heart disease and my father had diabetes and part of growing up um, when I was like in like eight or nine, my father had both his legs amputated. Because in those days they didn't have the proper, you know, medication, the proper tools. Some
1: people still do get it. It's called diabetic foot. P.
2: Yes, yes. It it's like um, getting um, like infection, like cuts, and you know, it's just amputated because you get a really bad infection.
1: My father loved. I'm so it. sorry, by the way. I'm so sorry. no. I mean,
2: it it brought me to a journey of cooking healthier, right? And really wanting to. Not only eat healthier, but also be knowledgeable about food. So after that, I ended up working in a lot of um hotels in New York City. But then I ended up working as a private chef for someone. and the family walked, you know, brought me into a meeting, He said, "Oh, we're going to be vegan next week." I'm like, Dah? I'm like, "What?" And this is pre, you know, free internet. So I rushed over to Barnes and Nobles and sat down on the floor and looked through any kind of plant-based cookbook and really like tried to like learn the flavors of, okay, I know what it is, the flavor of a proper lasagna. I know a flavor of, of a proper Milanese. I know a flavor of a proper Bolognese. How, what can I put in plant-based terms into that to make it taste good? So I really worked um, tirelessly to really learn, you know, how to cook plant-based. And in those days, it was, it was kind of vegan. It was like the granola, you know, people were scared of me because it was like, you know, but I always tried to elevate it. Like I would cut fruit and make a fruit sorbet sauce. I cut fruit into like doves and put it on a platter and like, you know, have like raspberry sauce dripping from it. I would make like a lasagna out of lentils and diced bag. Then I puree it in a food processor. I'd make my own sauces. And I really wanted to elevate uh, the family I was working for and really do my best. And I really got so into it that, you know, I that's all I wanted to do. I was like, I want to make a proper tiramisu, but I want to make it plant-based. Like, how can I change the and
1: flavor? Sugar. Do you do like less sugar and I, do, and I, just, I don't, yeah, I don't do any
2: um, refined sugar. I use maple syrup, agave. I try to do things that are gluten free, as you know, and, and I try to do things that are organic and kosher and don't have artificial flavors or colorings. If I want to dye something like a red velvet cake, which I'm actually making a wedding cake for my friend tomorrow, so I, I try to use like that instead of red forty. You're probably using something else. I'm using beet dye, amazing dye. I'm using chlorophyll. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm using raspberry dye. Um, I'm also using turmeric dye. And and just so you guys know, if you ever want to get a natural dye, it's called India Tree. If you go on their website, they have the most amazing decorative anything you'd like to use to decorate cakes and pastries, all their items are natural and it's amazing. But I, I just wanted to be somebody that actually wanted to cook, but cook in a in a manner where everybody could enjoy it, no matter religious, health, uh, nutritional, or whether you're, um, you know, allergic to anything. You know, I try to make it where everybody doesn't feel like they're being deprived.
1: I love that. And it's beautiful because you also, like, you know, since you are in the health food realm and you're seeking to make people not feel deprived, I mean, that's a beautiful, too, a beautiful desire to come together because some people, I mean, I personally am, I've been vegetarian for most of my life. I know it's not for everybody. Vegan. No. It's not for everybody, but it's nice to be able to eat something that's nutritious, that's healthy, that tastes, your food tastes so good. And you don't feel
2: deprived. And I I feel too, I don't, I'm never judgmental. Like, I'm not one of the people that push veganism or push plant-based. I specialize in plant-based, but I know how to cook everything. I'm classically trained. I I know how to cook keto. I know how to cook paleo. I know how to cook gluten-free. You know, I've done things for many people that they might not want this, but they want that. Because they're on a specialty, you know, a special diet, a special health diet, or whether they have Crohn's disease, um, at the center, which I cook for a few people, few of the teachers that had issues, and you have to make things with certain ingredients, elevate them, and make them taste good. So I feel like there's no judgment. I feel like if everybody could take one or two or three meals a week, whether it's meatless Monday. And try to eat more plant-based, I think people will be surprisingly astonished on how they would feel little by little.
1: Yeah, you do. I mean, everybody might, just to give it a try is a good idea. I mean, I don't want to push any carb diet on it. No, I never want to because. I was last night, I ate such a good vegan meal. And I, you wake up and, I mean, I ate a little bit later than I usually would like to, but but yeah, you definitely, when you really get some good vegetables in you, you really like feel lighter. It
2: feels like everything's moving. I hate to say it that <laughs> way, but,
1: <laughs> but it was like delicious too. It was like a compound cauliflower. Yeah, that's awesome. And an artichoke crab cake. It was like really interesting set. It was an interesting menu.
2: And now you have so many, um, so many choices in plant based. Yeah. A lot of them could be, a lot of them are kosher, a lot of them are gluten free. A lot of them don't use any refined sugar. So you right. have like so many options. It's not like 30 years ago or 20 years ago where everything was tofu, tofu. Vital meat gluten, right? Yeah. And it's like that too much of a process, like eating processed food. I don't feel it's healthy in that way. I try to use things that are like quinoa and lentils. I try not to use lots of um, imitation meat or more only if I'm doing a specific dish and it would probably be one in a five course you know menu I would try to fill in with lots of veg because you have to kind of balance it out
1: right yeah definitely I agree with you on that definitely important not to overdo it on the meats
2: yeah because a lot of them are processed
1: processed and they yeah they have I don't know the soy or whatever but every, I'm not sure all the and details enough to share it you know and put it out a
2: lot of them are very very good though a lot of them are at really turned into whether they use like a beet puree or a pea protein and you know they make so the,
1: our, the package right because yes. it's like oh definitely something you don't want to consume if you can't even read it Eggplant, mushroom yeah yeah
2: then it's like If you read the ingredients and it says beet protein, pea protein, coconut oil, you know, and it has like puree of kale or whatever, like, you you know, but if it has all these things you can't pronounce, then I would try to stay away from it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And a lot of people, you know, are interested when you're cooking, what is your secret? Because your food just tastes good. And I know you said it's like you're cooking for someone that you love or do you have any secret? Yes.
2: I have the most important thing my mother ever told me is no matter what ingredients you have, if you don't put love into it, it's not going to come out good. And I feel like I try to take flavors and try to keep them in the same profile. Like if you're doing a Mediterranean dinner, then keep all the fat flavors Mediterranean. Don't mix and match with sauces, with spices. If you're doing a Mexican dinner, for example, I'll, I'll give you an Italian dinner, which is something that I really love to make. If you're making an Italian dinner and you want to make a beautiful caprese salad with, with mixed greens, and you can get really great cashew uh, buffalo mozzarella cheese, and you can get beautiful heirloom tomatoes, all you have to do is buy balsamic glaze, basil, heirloom tomatoes, and the the, uh, plant-based cashew mozzarella, and a few mixed greens, and you have, you know, you slice everything up, and you fan it out, you put it over greens, that'll be your first course, which would be a salad. Then a second course, you could do a beautiful pasta, cashew pepper pasta, where instead of using cream, you could use nutritional yeast with a plant-based milk, which You can use a healthier cashew milk and the nutritional yeast will give it that cheesy flavor. And you can even use gluten free spaghetti and that'll be your second, your pasta course. And what I can do also is if you're having people over and you want to have, whether it be like a a braised vegetable or a braised mushroom dish. That you want to do something meaty, something that you're really into. I would also keep that in the Italian family and like with the flavors. So everything that you're eating, you just have like one thing follows the other. Nothing is too heavy. You don't. You want to go from light and move, you know upward. You don't want to. You don't want to like. You know. You don't want to go like heavy. Like you have that beautiful mozzarella caprese salad you have a little bit of that pasta you can even do if you want a little bit of the gluten-free pasta with a ton of like fancy mushrooms that you roast with shallots and with off uh, lots of garlic and then put a hint of truffle oil like that just blows everybody like yeah it's it's like you're doing
1: anything usually, usually the truffle oil just makes it you have to put
2: a dot if you put and you overwhelm it, it tastes very, very woodsy and you don't want that. Yeah. But you just I would say my my biggest tip is keep everything simple mm-hmm. and and do, do one flavor profile, one one dish, one flavor profile, whether it be Mediterranean, Greek, Asian, Italian, just keep it in that realm. Don't make fried rice or a uh, risotto, and then serve an Indian cauliflower. Like, you know, it, like, make everything that the flavors melt. You don't want anything you want to
1: give. a good, nice experience. Yeah, you want them to, like, be
2: like, oh, you know, Italian night, you know, Mexican night, Mediterranean, Greek night, that you could do beautiful roasted cauliflower, lemon rice, kebabs, right. couscous, you know, it's, it's, I just say, keep everything simple.
1: I love that. And I love what you said about, about your mother's tip about putting love into every ingredient. Because, you know, also it's something that I do with when I'm drinking, like when I'm drinking stuff, because basically what I like drinking water or drinking especially water, because if you ever saw that movie, it came out, I'm taking it a little deep here, that like it's called um, Hidden Messages in Water. It was a Japanese scientist, Masaru Moto. What is it called? I I want to break down. Hidden messages in water. And he was like a Japanese scientist. And actually he spoke once at the Kabbalah Center in New York. And his whole thing was when you, the, the consciousness and the energy that you put towards like water crystals, he actually showed that it affects the crystals. So our consciousness and our energy is like that powerful that we can affect water crystals. Like if you say like I or your words, like I he, he wrote like I hate you and like words of hatred on there and he saw that, you know, the crystals went one way. And then he put, you know, I love you, I care for you, all of these like beautiful words and also beautiful music. And the crystals formed different. So since our bodies are seventy percent water, I always think of kind of like the reason why, you know, it, it affects it. And the same with food is you're putting your your energy and your consciousness into that and actually can create an effect. Your energy is so powerful.
0: I just wanted to interrupt this episode to remind you that you can find all of my cosmic chats with video on my IGTV handle at Debbie Sugarbee. That's at D-E-B-B-I-E-S-U-G-A-R-B. There you can also find a link in my bio to support my work or sign up for a one-on-one healing session with me. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode.
2: I believe, I believe that's all true because I, one thing I learned working with you also and working with lots of other people is that you can't control somebody else's feelings. You could only control how you react to something. And I always, I always take in my head and always think, well, how can I make this better? How can I turn, how can I be proactive instead of reactive? Like if you're doing an event and a sauce breaks or something is not right or a warmer doesn't work, you know, go inside, take a deep breath because I feel like a lot of chefs just yell and scream and curse. And believe me, the high one, Yeah, I wanted to do that sometimes, but I say, let me calm down and say, how can I actually Be proactive and make sure this doesn't break or this doesn't turn sour or the warmers work, or we have enough platters or do we have enough garnish or is Mike on break? Will he come back? Is John going to be enough or do we have enough waiters and waitresses? If you just show a form of nurturing and try to make everybody calm and have fun.
1: Yeah, it also makes the event and the food better, right? I feel like
2: with all things that I changed, I've served stuff cold and it was excellent when it should have been hot. I've turned a salad into a, a, a salad into a, a wilted salad, claiming that it's supposed to be wilted. But it's certain things that you do and you put out that confidence and really,
1: mind never matter, energy yes. never matter.
2: You could actually fix anything if you take the time right to like really really think about how you could make this better and why you want to make it better
1: and if something goes wrong then you use it that's actually something that i mean i've been in a few kitchens and my i'm not a chef or anything like that but i've worked with a few chefs and or and also in the restaurant industry and usually if there's like a mistake or anything you always try to quickly turn it as soon as you possible as soon as possible into an opportunity it's kind of like what you're talking about i oh. about like
2: wilted arugula with, uh, with the protein, with yes. heirloom tomatoes and yeah.
1: olives and uh, artichokes. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be, it's delicious. <laughs> I love that. I love that commitment. So, one last question because, you I know, mean, I'm not a chef, but I don't know if you've ever heard of the show, um, Chef's Table. I watched every episode. Yes. Yes. Love the stories of the chefs. Yes. You kind of really get the feeling about you know how how it's like really creation and art every day like you're practicing this beautiful craft that people really feel you know and enjoy through through eating. It's like such a such a first of all it's a great show, but I was wondering you know there's a lot of stress and in being a chef and also you need to stay creative. So how do you stay motivated? How do you stay creative? Do you have
0: any um, tips?
2: Okay, I I feel like the most important thing is for you to never stop learning. Right. To never want to stop learning. Like I have in, in my living room a stack this big of, of cooking magazines, whether it's raw foods, whether it's vegan, gluten-free, um, Israeli cooking, Mediterranean, Italian. Um, a few years ago in my 50s, I took a, a, a raw foods, extensive course with Matthew Kenny like never stop learning I feel like when people stop learning and you feel that you're not being challenged you're not elevating yourself like the more you know I feel like knowledge is power right knowledge also is cash right because as a chef the more you know the more in demand you are And the more you sustain, no matter whether a pandemic or not, the more you'll still be able to, whether it be recipe development, social media, creating recipes for large companies, um, food styling. Like you have to be, you have to want to turn something that that is not the best situation, and see how you can work in it and and make that situation work for you
1: i love it i love it do you find that you're like it's easy for you to stay creative or i find that challenge. i mean for a Satch. i feel like i always stay creative because
2: i i try to cook for family and friends and during the pandemic to keep my mind saying i will cook all these recipes because i'm i'm trying to work on a cookbook and I have about 200 recipes and I have beautiful photos that I've styled and, and I'm trying to get a publisher. Um, so I'm sending out lots of, lots of like proposals to publishers and everything. And I, I, to stay in a mindset and not feel depressed about what has happened to the hospitality industry in the past 14 months. I woke up every day and said, I will cook something new and package it up and bring it to all my neighbors in the building.
1: Aww. Wow. You got lucky neighbors. <laughs> Ready? <do> you- I-, <laughs> <laughs> I live in Harlem and I would
2: put like everything in zip locks, wipe it down with like all those sanit wipes, uh, put plastic wrap and knock on doors. You just put like bags on doors and my neighbors would send me notes underneath the the door saying that was the best red velvet cake or that was the best rose water pistachio cake. And I have a lot of amazing. Well, to be honest with you, I could eat it myself because I would be putting on the COVID-19. You know? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm trying to like, you know, cook it, taste it, write the recipe, shoot, photo shoot it. And like cut it up and everybody would get a slice.
1: Oh my God. That's so nice. I love it. I would. You're that lucky neighbors. They didn't know. I, what the yeah. great one. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, Camilla, thank you so much. Is there anything uh, else that you feel to share? First of all, what, how was your experience on Chops? I, I really am always shy about talking because I thought I was going
2: on the show. They actually recruited me through my Instagram page and I had to go on seven interviews and cook for the producers it was an eight month long period oh, where i would to cook and make video shoots and cook and then go for a video shoot so finally i got i was on and i thought it was one camera it was like 50 cameras all up in your face and literally i should have wore a diaper because i was so nervous not <laughs> why I like <laughs> because I thought I was going in with one camera and, you know, it was going to be all cool. And like, I was going to cook what I wanted, but you're actually being followed by so many cameras. And yeah, I can see that. how They they actually, it it was the most amazing experience. And I, I hope that I, I would be uh, able to go on again, because I'm actually um, in talks with a few other shows. Oh, Um, so hopefully fingers crossed um when they start shooting again hopefully i'll be a part of it and i always put energy think, out I there I think that
1: they would be so lucky to have you on there oh, Shiri, for know. your <laughs> love and energy i'm serious
2: thank you so much
1: as good as you're out there and you know people can feel it from you because i i enjoy and appreciate your energy so much
2: thank you and i so enjoyed working with you and like planning everything in with you because you had such a beautiful like spirit and you were always you always had like such a positive thought about everything whether it be like oh we don't have enough platters you'd be like you know what if some tables instead of doing that let's do two plates instead of one oh well if some tables then you would always chug around and be like camello it's gonna look good no matter what you you're in you know, so I just want to thank you and uh-huh. I also wanna say it's been a long time and I just wanna say that, you know, I love all your um your feeds and you know everything that you share with everyone. I feel that like, you know, with everything going around, we need a lot of a lot more positivity and a lot more a lot more light instead of darkness. Cause I feel like if you just put out good energy. You could only you could only receive and help people with it.
1: That's so true, and I love it. Thank you so much for saying.
2: Thank this. you so much, and thanks everybody for joining. I mean, it, it's it's such a pleasure. And you can follow me at Chef Camilla Sabella.
1: Yeah, follow me, Chef Camilla Sabella. Stay tuned for the book. And one one uh, quick thing, someone said, haven't changed a bit, Camilla. Still some of the best donuts I ever had. Much love. Oh my God, that's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Thank you again.
1: Thank I really you very appreciate it for having me. Thank you. Same, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: Bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the end. I truly hope you enjoyed and received benefit from this episode. Please subscribe, share it with your friends and family, and or leave me a review. I appreciate your energy and support. You can also take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram. I'll add it to my story. Until next time, be well and take good care. Bye-bye everyone. Lots of love. Cosmic Chats with Debbie Sugarbaker is a production of Yali Christina Podcast Services.